I said, who's ready for the word this morning? Open up your Bibles with me today to Luke chapter 19. Then I'll be going to 1 Peter chapter 2. Luke chapter 19, 1 Peter chapter 2. Luke 19, 1 Peter chapter 2. As you turn there, I want to say thank you so much for for your faithfulness with your tithes and with your offering and your giving every week. It makes ministry possible, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week and literally around the world. And if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through our giving, our ushers will be at the door as you leave today. You can give online, you can text to give, you can give on your app, however you give. I just want you to know that I thank you so much for allowing us to minister to people, not only in our city, but around the world. Luke chapter 19 this morning, verse 37, says, Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice, and they began to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, saying, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered them and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, these stones would immediately cry out. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also, as living stones, somebody say living stones. Living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you today for what you've already done. We thank you for what you are doing right now. Lord, I pray that right now all distractions would cease. We would lay everything down. We would turn off cell phones. We would just be focused on you and this word and make th- and may this word take root into our hearts and our lives today. And it's in your name that we pray. The church said amen this morning. Amen, amen and amen. Uh, in Luke, I just read to you, Jesus is here and uh, he said that if these people... These silent, the dead, the silent, if they stop, if they were to stop praising me, then the stones would cry out for me. And then here is Peter in First Peter saying that now we was once talking about stones. Now Peter is calling us living stones. And at this point in this verse in Luke, Jesus is riding into town on a donkey and it is Palm Sunday uh, that we, that as we know it, and in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 37, it says that the crowds were praising him very loudly, and it says that the people began to praise him for the mighty works they had seen. This was this was a different kind of praise for a lot of people, because a lot of the people really had never praised anything at this time in their life. Many in the streets that were there praising had probably never prayed like that before. It was not a normal kind of praise for the people. They were praising God for his mighty works that the word said that they had actually witnessed, they had seen. The people were praising him according to what he had done and what they had seen him do. These people, they were eyewitnesses to the miracles. They were eyewitnesses to people being uh, raised from 
the dead. They, they had seen him turn water into wine. They had watched as blinded eyes were opened. They were eyewitnesses, and they had seen him do some amazing things. They had seen his glory. Seen, uh, see, whenever you have seen uh, the Lord move in your life, praise should come easy. I said, whenever you have seen God move in your life, church, praise should come easy to you. Amen. Has anyone seen the goodness of God in your life? Has anyone seen, uh, watched God make a way where there seemed to be no way? It's one thing to hear a testimony. It's one thing to hear a story of what God did for someone else or back in the day. But there comes a time for the church, uh, for those people who have watched him move throughout the years, whenever we don't need anyone else's story to make us praise the Lord. Amen. But instead you look back over your life and you can look back and recount all the things that God has done for you in your life. You can look back and think when you may have been lying in a bed at night all alone and in, and in tears and afraid, but God spoke a word of peace over you and you just fell right asleep. You may can remember when he moved a mountain. You may can remember whenever he broke an addiction over your life for over your family. You may can remember when he opened a door when everybody else was slamming doors in your face. Is there anybody in the house this morning that has seen the goodness of God in your life? Their praise was not only radical for the moment, but their praise was also unusual. See, it was unusual because of the location of their praise. These people were not standing in a tabernacle. These people were not standing in a temple. They were not inside, they were not even inside of the city gates yet. They were outside of the gates. They were not there yet, but they decided before I even get there, I'm going to praise him. Amen. I've not seen it yet, but I'm going to praise him. I've not heard from him yet, but I'm going to praise him. I've not seen it. I can't even taste it yet, but guess what? I'm going to praise him in advance because they, they, they were in this uncommon area. They were in the, It was a new kind of praise. It was a new area of praise, but they decided that they were going to go ahead and praise him. How many of you know that sometimes you need to let out a worship that is not scripted? Sometimes you got to, well, the church is in a place where the church has got to learn. You've got to be able to praise God on Monday like you praised him on Sunday. The church is in a place where you've got to learn. I've got to, I've got to be able to praise him. Not only when a, not, not only when the director's in front of me, not only, not only on Sundays, not only in a church, but the church has got to learn to let out some praise in public. Amen. The church has got to learn to speak about him in the public because sometimes Sometimes you just, sometimes you feel just like a, a, a praise swelling up in you. Sometimes you just feel like there's a worship stirring up in you. And there are times whenever you are in a public place and not in the church when God wants you to let out a little bit of praise. The church has got to learn to worship God in public because we have too many closet worshipers. People that can worship on Monday but act like the devil throughout the week. People that can worship on a Wednesday night, but, but, they, but they act like Satan is whenever they get to work on Friday morning. They're, 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 
they, they have a favorite song and they, and they have the look and they know when to raise their hand and they know when to hold their back and they know when to fall out and they know when the keychain is coming. But yet they are not living a life that is of worship. We've got to get to the place where we're no longer just closet worshipers, but we've got to start praising him in the streets, amen. We've got to start praising him in the public because there are times whenever you will feel a shout, you will feel a praise start brewing down in your spirit. Sometimes, sometimes you may have a Walmart worship. Sometimes you may have a Piggly Wiggly kind of praise. Sometimes you may have a Cato clap session. Sometimes you may, sometimes you may be in TJ Maxx with a Tahila kind of praise. Sometimes you may be washing your car at Dan's and you got to let out a dance before you can even get out of the line. Anybody ever been there? See, the church has got to learn to praise him outside of the gates. The church has got to learn to praise him even when everybody else is not. The church has got to learn to praise him before we get there. I can't see it yet, Lord, but I'm going to praise you. Lord, I've not heard from you today, but I'm going to praise you. Lord, I just got the doctor's report, but I'm going to praise you anyway. Lord, I just dropped my child off at addiction therapy, but I'm going to praise you. Why? Because I know you're going to work it out. I know you're going to move this mountain. I'm not in the sanctuary, Lord, but I'm going to praise you. See, when we are living in such a day that we are living in where so many things are celebrated and so many conversations are tolerated. There are so many conversations that you can get into. There's so many cliques and organizations that you can link up with that in these days are discussing and promoting things that are not of truth and that are not noble and that are not according to his word. But then, but then if we go out and give God glory in the middle of the conversation we are deemed as crazy anybody ever been there we are deemed not in tune with the times we are we are not being considerate of the other beliefs of the universe because it's one thing to praise him in the walls but it's another to take the praise to downtown if you want to get on the devil's nerves get yourself a public praise the devil don't like it when we're in the house praising. But he hates it when you can praise outside of a church. He hates it when you can praise when there's no music. He hates it whenever you can just throw down a worship, whenever you can't even carry a tune. Anybody sitting next to that person today, don't point. I'm looking this direction for, for a reason. I don't want to look over here. Anybody ever been there? God, he, he cannot stand it. He don't like it on a Sunday morning, but he expects it. But he can't stand it on Monday when you've had a just another manic Monday moment. And you can get in your cubicle. And you can dance all around that thing and you don't care who sees you. You don't care who hears you. You don't, get, you don't care because you know that God is listening. He can't stand it. If you want to get on the devil's nerves, get yourself a public praise because even, even the religious cannot stand people that praise outside of the church. Religious folk don't like it. People that can... Get out and just say, whoo, let me tell you how good God is. 
More than likely, if you're being real, there's probably somebody in your life that has done that that's got on your nerves before, and you're like, I don't want to hear it today. <laughs> Religious people cannot stand praisers that know how to do it outside of the tabernacle. These people started praising in the streets. They were praising in public. And the religious folk, the Pharisees, told Jesus, a teacher, rebuke your disciples. Why are you letting them, uh, why are you letting them uh, make us look like fools? I, 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 stop drawing attention to us. Shut them up. People are looking. People are looking at us. Silence them. They are cold. They, they, they're, just, they're just crazy, Jesus. Can you please make them shut up? Have you ever worked next to someone where you prayed, Lord, make them shut up? Jesus looks at these religious folk. He looks at these religious leaders and he says to them, I tell you this, that if these people who are outside of the temple, these people who, who are in the streets, if these people who are not, they've not even made it through the gate of the city yet, if these people keep silent, I will find somebody, even if I've got to make these stones cry out for me outside of the church. God is looking for a generation of people that will praise him outside of a Sunday morning. He is looking for a church that knows how to praise outside of a Sunday morning. He is looking. He said, if these people that are in the streets, if they keep silent, I will find something in the street to praise me. He said, if these people outside the church will not cry out, if these people at the gate will not cry out, I will find something somewhere, somebody, some church that will cry out for me. Get this, the phrase cry out in the Greek means crazo. It sounds like the English word crazy. Crazy praisers. If you do that out of crazy praise in some churches, they'll throw you out. They'll look at you and be like, sit down, ma'am. You're too loud for here. Don't do the whirly bird. Don't do the sprinkler. We don't sprinkle here. We baptize. I appreciate you laughing at my jokes. My daughter has been in here. I don't know if she's in here right now, but she says, I don't know why they laugh at your jokes. You're not that funny. <laughs> so keep laughing. I'll just keep them coming. Crazo means the English word sounds like crazy. The Pharisees said, these people are crying out. They look crazy. They sound crazy. It's too loud. They're just, they're just crazy. And Jesus said, somewhere, somehow, I'm going to find the crazies. Look at your neighbor. He found them. Jackpot. The crazies. The people that don't care. The people that say, you know what? I don't care if I can sing or not. I'm going to give God everything that I have. 
I'm going to let out a praise when nobody else will praise. He said, if these disciples, if, if, if these followers will not let out a crazy praise, if my followers, if disciples, they won't let out crazy praise, I'm going to find some rocks that will worship me in spirit and truth. I will find some people or some rocks that will worship me in the city. They'll worship me in the gates. They'll worship me in the workplace. They, they, they will even worship me the frozen section at Walmart. They will not only worship me in the church, but they're going to worship me outside of the house. He said, I will find those people. The Bible says that all of creation was made to worship the Lord. Do you know that God gave the ability that everything he created, he gave it the ability to worship? Everything. All throughout nature, all of creation, everything that he created has an expectancy on it to worship. In Psalms 148, we're reminded, just jot it down, of all things nature that God created, that he's called to worship him. It reminds us that the sun and the moon are worshiping him. Fire, hell, snow, clouds, they are worshiping him. The wind, the mountains, the trees, they are worshiping him. The cattle, the birds in the air, they're all worshiping him. Do you know that right now there is such a loud praise that is coming up to the heavens? If you could get all of the sound just from nature right now into this room, it would deafen our ears. The birds tweeting. There's a tree somewhere waving its branches. There's cr uh, 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 waves crashing down on the shore. There's animals making noises. Anybody have one of those birds outside of your window on a Saturday morning? You're like, please shut up. It's 6.30. It's doing its duty because you're not. <laughs> Creation has to make a sound because the human being will not make it. Trees have to wave because the human being will not wave his hands. And now, if we could get all of the sound of nature, it would be so loud. It is God's creation giving him glory. And when God created you, he did not create you just to take up space. He did not create you because he needed somebody else on planet Earth. No, he created you to give him the glory that he deserves. That's your purpose on Earth. If you don't know your purpose, that's a purpose for you. Jesus said, if these followers will not praise me, then these stones will shout out my name. They will shout out praises. I guarantee you that there are a lot of stones that were in the times of the Bible that if they could speak, they would have a testimony like no other. The, the rocks that were laying in Israel as they were, as they were watching everything, the, 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 the rocks laying on the streets as Jesus was passing by and miracles were happening. If they could talk, they would, they would not be silent anymore. I think back to Joshua chapter 4. And as the children of Israel have their eye on the promised land, they can see it, but there is an obstacle between them and the promise. The Jordan River 
river is between them and the promised land. And not only is it a river, but the word says that it was at flood stage. In other words, it was full. It was overflowing, flowing quickly. There were 12 stones that were placed in the middle and 12 on the other side of the bank. And they were put there as a memorial to mark where the water stood still and they parted for God's people. If these stones could talk today, imagine what they would testify. Imagine how they would tell you how God is faithful. Imagine how they would testify of the miracles that they witnessed. How again, I, I think today they would look at you and say, guess what? God will never let his people down. He will always be there for you. They would tell you how they watched the people could see their promise, but it felt like, but it felt like it was impossible. They would tell you how big that obstacle was that was standing between them and the fulfillment of God's word. They would tell you how the water was raging, but they would also tell you, but when God saw the people, you know those crazy people that stepped out in faith that day. Guess what? God made a way where there seemed to be no way. And in this hour, we need some church folk that are ready to step out in faith. We need some lay leaders that are stepping into the deep waters. We need leaders that are crying out, that, that, that people look at and say, you are crazy. Your prayers are too big. Your vision is too big. Your dream is crazy. We need some of those leaders in the church today. They don't care what people think about them. They don't care about Satan's agenda because they know God's agenda for their life is so much greater. If those stones could talk today, I believe they would tell the church, you need to get up and you need to start stepping into the water. They would tell you, if God, I watched as God did it for a nation and he will do the same for you. Get this, it may block my progress, but it will not block my praise. That obstacle, it may cause me to detour. It may try to block my progress, but it will not block my praise. I'm going to keep on praising. I don't care how big it is. I'm going to praise around it. I don't care how tall it is. I'll praise over it. I don't care how big it is. Guess what? It will not stop my praise. There's another 12 stones. Elijah used them to rebuild the altar. And Elijah, they would tell you how Elijah was standing in front of the prophets of Baal. Those stones would look at you and tell you how crazy it was as they watched Elijah standing in front of 450 prophets of Baal. Can you imagine standing there by yourself and 450 people that hate you are standing there watching? Some of you can't even deal with one hater. You don't like it when somebody puts an angry face on your Facebook page. You fall apart. Can you imagine being Elijah and looking at 450 people that wanted you dead? There was a challenge. Those rocks would tell you about the challenge that came. And it said, 
Who can ever call down fire from heaven? Which side, which God? That will be the real God. Those stones would recount that as the prophets of Baal, they were there and they were shouting before the altar. There was no fire. They would, they would tell you they kept dancing all day. They were even cutting themselves. But all day they would say, guess what? There was still no fire. But then they would tell you how finally Elijah steps up with boldness. And he takes 12 stones and he builds an altar. They would say, guess what? He got pieces of wood and laid them on us. He got 12 barrels of water and dumped them on us and the sacrifice. And then we watched as the prophet began to pray in front of 450 enemies. Some of us can't even pray in our prayer closet. And he's praying in, four, in front of 450 doubters. Can you imagine? He was crying out, the rocks would say. He looked crazy. He was crazy, standing on the mountainside, crying out. And then suddenly, guess what? They would tell you fire fell from heaven, and it consumed everything. Even the water was just, it went up to heaven. We were watching as the people standing around, they fell on their faces and said, this is the real God. If these stones were here today, guess what? They would tell you, I don't care how many haters you have, do not quit. They would tell you, do not worry about the onlookers do not worry about who's stalking your page do not work do not do not worry about the national inquirer inquiring minds who cares they would remind you that whenever you feel like you can't go on they would remind you you need to cry out sometimes why but they would remind you because he hears you they would tell you you need to build an altar and you need to learn how to pray they would tell you that if you want fire, he will give you the fire. They would ask you, do you want to see people converted? Do you want to see the loss? Do you want to see the harvest? They would tell you, just pray for the fire to fall. It's pretty hard to, when you see fire fall, not to believe. I tell people all the time, the most relevant thing you can do is be filled with the Spirit. Don't believe this hogwash of, no, it's past, and you've got to be relevant, seeker-friendly. No, 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 no. The most relevant thing you can do is be filled with the Spirit. And if you want your loved ones to really know, Lord, get them in a Spirit-filled environment. There'll be no denying it. There's another stone, I believe. You really need to Look up all the stones in the scripture. It's amazing. But there's another stone that I believe that would talk to the church today. And that stone would tell you that over 2,000 years ago, they put a man named Jesus Christ in my tomb. He would tell you that I could hear how everyone was talking and about how this Christ had died on the cross People were murmuring. People were talking about him. I remember as the soldiers pushed me and rolled me over in front of that doorway and everybody was laughing and there was a party going on in hell that Jesus was now done. It was over. I remember the soldiers leaving. I remember Jesus' family and his friends leaving. I remember when it was just me and Jesus. Anybody ever felt that? I think they would tell you, 
I did everything I could to fulfill my job. I did everything I had within me to keep his body safe. I knew my role. I knew what I was supposed to do. I did everything that I could to keep the body of Jesus in. But all of a sudden, there was a noise like I had never heard. There was a shifting on that third day when an angel came and touched me and rolled me out from the entrance. And the next thing I know, that angel was sitting on me. And he told me, I heard the angel say, guess what? He is not here. He is risen just like he said he would. I watched his soldiers fell on on their face in fear. If that stone could testify to the church today, he would tell you that if God can raise Jesus, he can raise you. The stone would testify to the church today. It may seem impossible But Jesus is alive and all things are possible to him who believes. God is calling the church to live today. There's too many dead churches. I said there's too many dead churches. There's too many dead Christians that are still alive. They've lost their joy. They've lost their peace. They've lost their salvation. They've lost their mind, and they're in the middle of it all. God is calling the church to live. Tell your neighbor, I'm a living stone today. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm a living stone. Ben, help me out. First Peter chapter 2, 5 says, you also as living stones. One minute he's talking about dead stones. Now Peter is looking at the people and he's saying, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now he's calling us living stones. Listen. The devil wants you dead. Why do you keep playing with somebody that wants you dead? Why do you keep being friends with the devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you? He wants you dead. He will do anything he can to kill you. The devil can't stand it that you are a living stone. Why? Because what do living stones do? They tell the testimonies of God. They say, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. They will go to people in the streets and say, guess what? You're never going to believe what God did in my church. You're never going to believe what happened to a friend of mine. You're never going to believe. Look what the Lord has done for me. Living stones. A silent church A church of dead stones is one of the greatest tragedies in modern culture. A silent church. A church that's lost her praise. A church that only worships on a Sunday. The devil wants to shut the church down. The devil wants to shut the crazy church down. The church that cries out. Not only on Sundays, but in the streets. I said, the devil wants to shut out the bride 
who's in the streets crying out, who's praying for her city, who's praying for her nation, who's praying for revival, not just on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Guess what? Sundays were not meant. Oh, Lord. To feed you. They were meant to empower you. Sundays, people are not supposed to be getting saved on Sundays. You are supposed to be leading people throughout the week to the cross. Then you bring them here on Sunday and they're empowered by the body. You go out, you get people saved. They come back in on a Sunday and you are empowered by the Spirit. But now, there's too many dead stones in the church and dead stones want their pastor to save everybody. Knew it that I knew that was going to be silent. I'm going to praise him myself. You keep preaching, pastor. That was a good one. And now the dead stones want their pastor to pray throughout the week because they don't. Now dead stones want their pastor to be on fire because they can't call it down themselves. They want their pastor to cast out demons from their family because they can't do it themselves. And now you've got, I believe, I saw a statistic that said over a thousand pastors are leaving the church a month, quitting, burn out. You wanna know why? Because they're carrying around dead stones. Woo. I'm gonna preach myself today. It's hard carrying dead stones. It's hard carrying the weight of people that will not pray. It's hard carrying the weight. Yes, they are shepherds. Yes, that's what they're called to do. But you also are part of a royal priesthood. You, my friend, you are a living stone. Jesus. Lord, God's calling the church to wake up. You are a living stone. He said, and living stones, the difference between living and dead stones, the living stones, he said, they're the ones being built up a spiritual house. He said, you living stones, you are a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices, worship to God through Jesus Christ. You can't be a dead stone anymore. In this hour that we are living in, God is calling the church to wake up and live. He's calling the church to live. He's calling the church to, to, to be crazo in this hour, to cry out to him, to not worry. Guess what? Church, guess what? Today, you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a declaration. Today, Lord, we will not be silent. We will cry out in the
the church. We will cry out in the city. We'll cry out in the, in the fields. We'll cry out in the countryside. We'll cry out before we get to the gates. We'll cry out when we get to the city. We'll cry out before we see your promise. We'll cry out when we see the promise. Why? Because we're living stones. I'm not a dead stone laying on the side of the road anymore. God is calling the church to rise up and be living stones. Lord, we've seen you do it before, and we know you can do it again. If you agree with me today, would you just put your hands together today and stand upon your feet this morning? Come on, he's calling the church to awaken. He's calling the church to get alive today. Come on, he's saying, I'm not going, I don't, I'm not worried about what's in front of me. Lord, it's not going to block my praise today. It, does anybody have anything that's in front of you this morning that's trying to block your hindrance? I want to tell you today, I'll remind you, it will not steal your praise today. It will not steal your praise today.